So this actually stemmed from a place of believing that I did not deserve nourishment. And so anorexia was the result of that, which led me to be very unwell <laughs> for quite some time. Hey everyone, welcome to Expansion Cast. Expansion Cast is a magical podcast I created so people could find simple or unconventional solutions to expand their personal awareness and experience. This podcast is dedicated towards revealing people's divine truth and how that divine truth works its way out into the world, one by one, helping liberate each of us on our personal path to freedom. If you love this podcast, please give us a rating and share. Welcome, Kelsey Kennedy, to Expansion Cast. Uh, it is Saturday night, and we are live on Facebook. So welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's wonderful to be here. Yeah. So uh, Kelsey is doing some coaching and it's kind of interesting. Uh, not too long ago, I noticed she was posting a few things about uh, core wounding. And so I reached out and she was very happy to come and uh, be on Expansion Cast. So uh, she helps people identify and heal core wounds. Um, and I've talked about core wounds on the show before, and it's kind of one of my, my passions. I, and I think that anybody that's doing any, um, any real good coaching is tuning into the core wound. And, uh, Kelsey, what, what's your, what's drawing you into the core wound? Why, why are you loving that space? Right, man, it took me a while. I've been in the coaching realm for quite some time and it took me a while to understand how uh, how deeply I wanted to work with people. Um, I found that people were coming to me with surface level issues and wanting help with that. And um, like say body image issues or just overall health issues. And we were trying to target that. And then I found that even though like the exact, like exact blueprint for what to do to help themselves, they just could not bring themselves to take the action. And I'm like, what is going on here? This is so weird. And uh, it drew me to want to like crave to work with people so much more deeply and understand that core wounds and internal blocks uh, conscious, but so often subconscious are what block us from actually taking action from doing the things that we can do to um, evolve, expand, heal. <laughs> and also, it's been such a journey in my own life, healing my own core wounds and seeing the transformation that has come of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Beautiful work. That's, that's where the awesome stuff is. Yeah. So tell us, who are you? Like, who is this, Kelsey? Right. It's such a big question. I yeah. am, <laughs> I am everyone. I am no one. I am a coach, mentor, healer. I don't love labels, but I understand that it helps people to associate um, with you with your work. Right. And mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, it's, that is one of the toughest questions that could ever be asked. Um, coach, mentor, healer transformation guide um and like fellow evolver so i am on this journey with everyone else as well so i like to say when i make a post about you know any core issue or wound or struggle 
is that um, I'm with you and I am you <laughs> and I have been mm -hmm. you. Um, so, yeah. So you can really relate to people with their struggle and, uh, you know, all that space that exists there, the wounding. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you, were, you were talking a little bit about uh, that you had some core wounding. Can you share that and how, how you came to a space where you actually recognized it as core wounding? Yes. Oh, man. Beautiful question. Such a big question, too. It took me many, many years to even realize that this was there, right? Total blind spot, total deep, deep subconscious. And I had to do <laughs> a lot of introspection, um, receive coaching myself. I highly recommend getting support, um, especially with these types of things. Um, inner child healing and uh, just diving into the psychology and soul of it all. And so finally, this was only, gosh, 2017, where it really occurred to me what my biggest core wound was around and how so many undesirable effects and outcomes that were created in my life as a result were tied to that. And for me, the core wound, and it was such like a revelation and such a shift as soon as I had the awareness around this and it is um and this is common for people too um <laughs> is wounding around self-worth mm -hmm. and for me that caused such a shit storm in so many ways and from childhood um so i won't you know <laughs> dig up every wound but one of my biggest ones and earliest ones was a serious eating disorder um anorexia as a child and this didn't stem from a place of even body image. This was even before I understood that anything, you know, could be wrong with my body. I was a kid. Um, so this actually stemmed from a place of believing that I did not deserve nourishment. And so anorexia was the result of that, which led me to be very unwell <laughs> for quite some time and uh, took a lot to break through that and heal from that. What was the feeling like? What was the uh, what's the internal thing that's happening when when the core wound is alive, when it's active? Ooh, yeah, broad and loaded question. Um, everything is painted with that brush <laughs> when a deep core wound is active and we don't realize that. And um, as sovereign beings, we can understand that we're the creators of our world and it can be a really painful thing to understand that if we're experiencing undesirable things um, and feeling really crappy, it's like, how could I have created that? Like, I, I never would have wanted that. Why would I make choices that would lead me down the path to any of these outcomes, right? Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's hard to describe what an active wound is like because we don't realize that that's what's going on when it's active. We just know that we're uncomfortable, we're unwell, we don't feel good in our own skin and that life doesn't mm -hmm. particularly feel good. Like it's not fulfilling in any way. Mm -hmm. So what do you think the uh, indicators are that that there's a core wound playing out? I mean, from I mean, from my perspective, I kind of feel that most people have a core wound playing out. But how do we identify? How do we become aware that that what the wound is, I guess, what the what the core of that wound is? Mm -hmm. So it's definitely a process. And this is why I recommend getting help with it, because I dare say 
five times out of 10, it's a blind spot or in a blind spot, right? We right. don't know what we don't know. And therefore we don't know what we're doing to cause effects and outcomes that are not so great. And so one thing that's so big is cultivating consciousness with clients and helping them to understand that what's going on with them is going on at a deeper level. At least that's my work, right? Um, I don't mm -hmm. work with people on just the superficial stuff. And it's funny because we have these conversations where it's like, I was uh, in a client session last night and we were talking about uh, using her uh, along with a plant analogy saying that, you know, her, um, say her life was the plant. And she's like, hey, Kelsey, my, my leaves are browning. What's going on? You know, this is dying. And then I'm around, I'm playing in the soil and looking at the root. And she's like, what are you doing? That's nowhere near the leaves that are browning. What's going on here? <laughs> like, how come you're working over there? It's like mm, adjacent to, you know, you're sort of like swinging a miss, right? You're not addressing my point of pain, what's going on. And I explained that that's the source. Um, this, there's something in the soil, there's a toxin in the soil, and then it's getting into the roots and spreading out to the rest of the plant. So we don't just take care of the leaves, we take care of the root itself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Where in the body is the, the core wound? Where does it, where does it feel? Where's the... Yeah, right? That's such a good question uh, too. And it's different for everyone. Um, it's in the cells, right? It's in mm -hmm. the frequency that we carry and the cells mm -hmm. themselves have consciousness. And so it's in our nervous system. So everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So are you thinking, are you, you, I don't know, maybe I'm interpreting this, but do you think that because it's in the cells, do you think that uh, it's passed down from generation to generation? Yes. <laughs> yes. Can be so actively passed down because again, it's a, oh, it, okay. So this is a rabbit hole that excites me so much, but it's like, I don't have the, the scientific terminology to put it all together. And I could go off on this for hours, but um, absolutely frequencies and are passed down in our genes and DNA, right? Um, that's what breaking, you know, genetic curses is all about. Um, it's becoming conscious of what's going on and that something is going on, finding out where it is and nipping it in the bud. Right. Yeah. I had a core wound open up or actually, I think about a year ago, I, t I was speaking to, uh, um, another cl client and, uh, all at the same time. And then I was t also interviewing, a guest and uh, discovered that my what my core wound was and uh, mine was more around abandonment and uh, mm -hmm. so started healing lots of that stuff and and honestly it's not quick it's not this like oh i have this abandonment core wound oh look at all this stuff forgive it and you know you know do five or ten steps and it's gone it doesn't work like that because it's kind of like the old onion thing where you keep peeling it and you find more and more um, but recently I did have an event happen where, um, I was being triggered and that trigger was pulling me to really want to dive deeper and heal something that was, um, causing me quite a bit of discomfort. And so I, I, I dropped right into it. And honestly, what was happening was I was being triggered by, uh, the female gender when they were in. Uh, uh, archetype of victim mm -hmm. and I was always trying to fix fix and that's an unhealthy masculine trying to fix mm -hmm. as soon as that 
soon as I recognized that this was becoming a repeat pattern or had been a repeat pattern that I was unconscious of, who knows, but here I am conscious of it. Now that I'm conscious of it, I have to do something about it or, or at least um, acknowledge it to, so I can watch it play out and learn from it. And so I invited a friend over and we dropped deep into it doing a, a dyad, um, Shiva Shakti type thing. And um, yeah, it just came out that uh, like I had, and I think I just talked about this on a podcast prior to this, but it was, it was a wound around my mother and, uh, and I was always feeling that my mother energy was there when I was hearing the victim from the female and I was feeling horrible that I couldn't fix it. And, you know, like the son wants to fix it, blah, blah, blah. And, but the interesting thing is after I worked through it in that one day, like it took an hour and all of a sudden, like now I can, I can really hold space for that female who is in the victim without being triggered, without anything coming up at all. And it's really, it's amazing. It is. Yeah, it is. The process is powerful and it is a process uh, for many of us most of the time. And also on the other side of that coin, shifts can happen so fast because, again, I'll use the root analogy. Almost. Are you familiar with the bamboo analogy where um, you plant the seed and you water it and you water it and you see nothing, nothing happen above ground at all for the longest time? And uh, then one day within a series of days, it shoots like super high suddenly. It's one of my favorite analogies in the entire world, the bamboo analogy, man. Um, and that's what a lot of our work is sometimes is, you know, we're not seeing on the outside, you know, the effects of the work that we're doing or like even the cultivating of the consciousness, because first you became conscious of it, right? That was your first um, sort of like intel into it and then you started to get curious about it and explore it and um, yeah and sort of delve into it and that is the work as well right and so that's when we're having sort of quick shifts like you said within that hour it seemed like nothing was happening for the longest time and then within that hour you're like whoa <laughs> it's like a whole bunch of space just opened up it's like that bam bamboo shoot just like um one of my favorite quotes is, uh, I can't remember exactly what it is, but um, like in the winter time, the things are not growing. <laughs> this is not the, it's put so much more eloquent than I'm saying it, but I remember it says, but the roots down below are riotous. And that's what our healing process is a lot of the time. Um, it's like, we're doing things, we're becoming conscious, we're bringing healing, we're doing like the energy work or whatever modality that we're applying to help us expand and heal from these things. And we're like, what's going on? Like, nothing's changing. I don't know. Is this something that I can't break through? And then just suddenly one day something shifts. <laughs> and it's not just because this thing shifted on a dime. It's because we had been nurturing it um, beforehand with things that we don't even give a lot of credit to like becoming conscious and becoming curious about it and being willing to be introspective about it and understand where it's originating from because our wounds are so scary because they're painful but i like to teach people that they're messages they hold messages right um they create pain they bring us to our knees sometimes um to get that message through but once we listen to that message, so many things can be released. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. So in, in your core wound, uh, that you went through, I don't know, are you still, are you still in and out of it or is it like completely healed and gone? There are tendrils still that I'm tending to, and that's why I'm still on this journey. Right. Um, I am in a lifetime that requires a lot of healing. It's like the first portion of my life, more than half of my life was sort of damage being done and a lot of sort of unconsciousness around that. And this portion of my life is becoming aware of it and applying the healing and sort of like turning that ship around. Um, so self-worth, gosh, I've come so far and so many things have changed as a result of it. But I do believe that there are still some tendrils where I can be triggered from time to time, um, where where it's one of those things that it holds a message and I need to be like, listen to that message and then it can be released. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so when you're, when you're triggered, what's one of the, like, I want to get into one of the juicy little bits. What is like a recent trigger or something that's come up that people might be able to relate to? And how did you work through that? How did you process it? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. There's some really, couple of really raw ones uh, going on right now. Um, some things that are sort of respiraling to the surface to be uh, cleared and released. Uh, let's see if I can sort of nutshell it. Hmm. <laughs> I'm going to say around receiving. Any single time, um, I have to be cognizant um, when it comes to receiving because I have carried this deep-seated belief, which is also a core wound, that um, of low self-worth. Um, my dogs are talking to each other right now. Um, and of believing, like when I was a child, I mentioned that I believed that I didn't deserve nourishment. So when we get older, um, we believe, like maybe once that shifts, we believe, especially when we're supporting ourselves, maybe I don't deserve sustenance on any level, right? Um, and that is root chakra stuff, right? That is survival stuff on such a deep level. So survival is very much connected to that self-worth wound. And so in the healing process, as I'm reprogramming and rewriting those beliefs, um, receiving is sort of a trigger because it's like, <laughs> if I couldn't even like let myself have food many, many years ago, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's like another level of block of not letting other nourishing, sustaining things in. And um, yeah, I don't find that, like, I can't say it's so raw right now because um, I've come so far, but it's definitely still active in my, in my pattern and my frequency. Yeah. Yeah. I could, when you first started to talk about it, I could feel the energy of it. And uh, it's like, feels like there's a bit of, there's some sadness, like wrapped, it's like wrapped right in this sadness, right? Absolutely. And, mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and just sitting in that sometimes is, you know, it can be difficult, but it can be beautiful, like you say, right? Mm -hmm. Incredibly. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it, absolutely. Um, and then there's a part, for me anyway, I get like, sometimes I get really tired of just feeling. <laughs> <laughs> Tired of human condition. 
Because <laughs> yeah. sometimes I just want to have fun, and sometimes, and then that fun starts to, uh, you know, fade off, and then maybe somebody triggers me, and it brings up something else to work through, and it's just this whole big wave of existence, and really yeah. is, yeah, it's a ride. <laughs> uh, Sparrow Ray says, "Being a human is exhausting." <laughs> It can be, and it can be exhilarating. Yeah. Do you think that it can be exhilarating in the exhaustion? No, I don't think that the two can coexist in the exact same second. <laughs> <laughs> what about if, if we drop into the, just like a space of being the viewer, you know, we just kind of pop out and just everything's moving. Mm-hmm. Ah, the ability to observe ourselves and our lives is incredibly powerful as well. Um, because when we're in it, we're only seeing it from one angle and one lens, right? So when we're able to separate ourselves from it, we can see like the whole bird's eye view. We can turn the, the stone and see all angles of it. Um, mm -hmm. I don't re recommend, you know, shooting to leave your body all the time and <laughs> you know what I mean but it can be incredibly powerful yeah I think so too and I think it's a great space to uh to drop into accountability and and uh responsibility and because we can if we're in a drama triangle or something it's really nice to pop up above and just take a look around and say ah I am being this or I'm, you know, this is what's playing out or what I'm causing to, to play out in my world. And maybe by doing that, I'm reinforcing a core wound. You know, I'm reinforcing my low self-esteem or my low self-worth. And then I can pop back down and like take responsibility for it and move mm -hmm. ahead. Yeah, that is where our power is, right? When we pop back down. So we can get the insight when we're up. <laughs> and then when we pop mm -hmm. back down, we can do something about it. We can take that inspired action, right? And um, we can participate in our healing, our evolution, our expansion, our growth, exhilaration. Mm -hmm. So do you, do you have have things that you recommend for people to do? Like, I mean, if we're talking about flow, um, and this whole space of living and dying, we have fun and we have pain and we have all this stuff. How do we, how do we, how do we not manage and just move and just kind of adapt and enjoy the ride? Mm. This came up in uh, my session with my client last night and just the main message is to keep moving, keep stepping, right? Even the mm. tiniest of actions that you don't even realize are, worth anything our movement and that all counts absolutely does and that's you participating in your life and that's what we're supposed to do here is participate in our life right we're not supposed to fix everything overnight the beauty of it is <laughs> is um being alive in the process of it mm -hmm. so what's the purpose of life according to kelsey <laughs> you asking me what the meaning of life is yeah Oh, you know what, this is going to be obviously just, you know, biased from my angle from my lens, but I believe it's expansion and fulfillment, right? We're here to experience. Mm -hmm. And we expand and we contract and um, ultimately, like, we are, 
in the big scheme of things, if you know, you're a spiritual person, you understand that we are never finished, we're never complete, we're ever expanding just like the universe is. And so we're never reaching one end destination. So we're not shooting for it. We're just here to have the experience and to have fulfillment along the way. Yeah. Sparrow Ray says to learn and grow and to experience. Beautiful. (laughs) Mine is to move into a space where I'm able to experience life uh, in full, in its full radiance without judgment. Beautiful. Mm. In its full radiance. Yes. Mm-hmm. Ah, mm-hmm. Absolutely. So experiencing the chaos, like everything, I mean, I've, I've experienced people treat me horrible. And sometimes I just sit there and just like, Oh, that played out pretty interestingly. Mm-hmm. You know, it's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, today, uh, I had somebody treat me uh, kind of horribly a few weeks ago, and I saw that person today. And I just walked up to that person and I offered that person a hug and hugged them and, you know, and I said, peace. <laughs> and, wow. You know, we had a couple of words and that was it. And How yeah. did that feel? Yeah, I don't know. I was like, I was more feeling the other person's energy. The other person was, you know, in a different space. So mm-hmm. for me, it was just like enjoying the, the radiance of the moment of the whole space of the day. It was Mm -hmm. one little, you know, it was like passing one little flower along the path and, you know, Mm -hmm. stopping and smelling it. And sometimes they don't smell perfect. Sometimes they smell beautiful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that one tiny choice, that one tiny sort of tilt in the trajectory, that one degree has so much power on the entire scheme of things. When we're talking about ripples, when we're talking about trajectory, um, that one choice to just create that second of peace with that person. It's actually really big. Might not seem big in the moment, but it really is. Yeah. So um, let's go. I got to quit saying, um, (laughs) (laughs) let's go to something a little bit different. I know that you post uh, tarot cards or Oracle cards. I think they're Oracle cards actually online, Oracle Oracle cards online quite a bit and people pick one and you do some responding and tell them what the oracle card was meaning for them how does that play out and and how does that respond to healing core wounds oh oh that's such a good question i didn't even expect you to bring up mystic monday oh it's one of my most favorite things and it's one of those things that started as a random itty bitty teeny tiny inspired action step that I didn't expect to go anywhere. I just thought, you know, this is going to be a fun thing that I can do um, on Facebook every now and again. I started it in 2017 and just one night, it was just like it's prime example of one of those tiny things that we do that is an inspired action step that can really grow. Um, Okay. So Mystic Monday, do you know how it works? So basically I post four images and then on Sunday evening um, I pull four cards for the collective was setting the intention that anyone who was drawn to participate in mystic monday um, receives a message that is supportive and validating for them at this point in time um 
as per the image that they chose. So I uh, match each image with one of the card messages. So people will select an image and then um, a couple of days later, I'll pop the message into their inbox. And with that, Mystic Monday is about, uh, it's like that first step of cultivating awareness and cultivating consciousness and helping people to understand that there are greater things at play than we can see directly in front of us <laughs> with our eyes sometimes. And it opens up people to, and invites them into a deeper world, right? So the first part of that world is understanding their intuition and just playing with that in a non-threatening, no pressure type of way, right? Where it's not life or death. It's like, hey, <laughs> which image are you drawn to? And then you receive a fun message, right? And then that can be so validating when they're uh, receiving something that is um, supportive and encouraging and acknowledging them where they are in life. And so that's the first step is the, the consciousness piece. And as far as core wounding goes, I find, I don't even find, it is true that people who participate in Mystic Monday are seeking guidance because they are often feeling unclear, maybe murky, or feeling some pain in that um, part of their life. And so they're seeking guidance. And so um, instead of, I guess, like giving the man the fish, I'm sort of helping to teach the man to fish sort of deal um, in terms of encouraging them to tap into their inner guidance system and supporting them along the way. And from there, understanding that they have the power to um, you know, receive the clarity that they want or heal the wound that they want to, um, the pain or the wound that they want to heal or, um, you know, manifest the desire that they want really deeply, right? And not having it is, I guess, causing the pain or discomfort. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. A couple things you said that uh, lit me up a little bit. <laughs> Inspired action. And you also said validation, huh. inspired action. I really like that. Um, can we go a little bit further into how how that appears or how that comes to us? Oh, absolutely. Ask me a question. <laughs> that was a question. <laughs> Give me another question. Okay, so this is another one of those broad topics. Oh my gosh, like where to even begin? How so, do I recognize inspired action? You feel it. So even when I said it, you said it sparked something in me, you feel that little spark. Um, for me, it was like an inspired action feels like something fun to do. It doesn't feel okay. A lot of people think that, you know, when we're listening to our intuition or we're receiving inner guidance, it's sort of like gloomy or foreboding, like, Ooh, you know, beware of this or watch out for this or danger here but really our inner guidance system takes us to what will be most, um, you know, most supportive for us. So what mm -hmm. feels exciting, what feels like fun. Like I said, I had no idea what Mystic Monday was gonna become. And oh my God, ugh, just, I can't even imagine not having acted on it at that time. But anyway, um, it feels like um, I call it a spark. You feel like a spark inside of you. It feels like something exciting or creative. Um, it doesn't feel like fire under your ass, kind of like motivating, stressful sort of deal. That's, that's not quite it. <laughs> so there is a distinction there, right? Um, 
it feels like something that you want to do and it may not make sense or um, as to why it would be, you know, good to do at that time. Does that make sense? Does that answer your question? <laughs> and I like that you said ass because you always seem so proper. <laughs> oh, that I am not. <laughs> <laughs> I said seem. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So let's go to validation because we we're talking about um, tarot cards being maybe a validation for how they're feeling or how what they're going through or or et cetera, et cetera. Um, can it also be hold a negative uh, come as a negative um, piece in our life so that like if if we're in the drama triangle or something like this and we pick a card and it's and we can look at that card in maybe one or two ways and we can say oh this is validating my victimhood or or maybe we can rise above it and say oh this is making me aware of my victimhood absolutely oh that's such a good question i actually had an intuitive hit um earlier this morning that you might ask a question about that and um the distinction between that okay so first of all i don't ever post anything that's foreboding um that's just, I, I'm, uh, it is not, you know, part of my beliefs to you know, scare people into things or anything. Um, it is to lead them in an inspired and, um, um, I guess, exhilarating way. I use that word before quite a bit, but it's, it's coming up a lot. Um, in a way that it's like switching their focus to something that is healthier for them um it's not switching their focus to what's wrong it's bringing their focus to um almost like bringing their gaze up right if um they're inside their own head or like when we're inside our own head in life we'll be like looking at the ground you know what i mean and just um sort of closed off right it's to open up their energy and inspire them with something so um in these messages, I find that most people are inspired by it because it shows, um, it brings them back to their personal power and it paints a picture of what they, and leaves breadcrumbs um, in terms of what they can create in life, right? Um, so it's their focus on what is possible for them rather than, you know, like where you are and being like, well, you're totally stuck right now. And so you need to fix that and you need to stop being a victim sort of deal. Um, so if people are in victim mentality, and I don't get that a whole lot with the people in Mystic Monday, and we have a lot of conversations. Um, that's one of the reasons why I love delivering the messages to the inboxes, because then we get to have those private and intimate conversations. And I find that a lot of people are not actually in, in victimhood. The people who are drawn to Mystic Monday are um, people who are so intelligent and introspective and insightful and um, taking personal responsibility for their lives, sometimes too much, right? I find that um, to that degree and that extreme, people will be thinking that um, sort of stuck in that place of like, okay, well, if I'm the creator of my life and my experience and I'm creating undesirable experiences, like what, what the hell's wrong with me then? Like, what do I need to fix? And then we can help to, um, help them to understand that this is taking responsibility is not a condemning thing. It's about taking your power back and understanding where it is 
and where your ability to change things in your life is. I feel like I might have derailed a little bit from your question. This is such an expansive um, topic, but uh, yeah, let me know. I'll check in. I, I don't think so. I think you're right on the nail. So <laughs> yeah. What, what else do you think we should talk about today? What else do you think is alive in your world that would be relevant to the topics today? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So many things are alive right now. Oh, there's so much going on in the collective, man. Um, we are at a place in the world where the core wounds of the collective are being ripped right open right now. So it's like, we can, we can actually see it with our own eyes what's going on. Whereas before, um, the wounds were always there, but they were a lot more, I guess, maybe like subliminal or definitely not as obvious, right? So, so many things in the world are coming to the surface right now, um, which is a beautiful opportunity for shifting, right? That's why things come to the surface. They come to the surface with their message and they come for change, right? Um, I feel like that was just a little happy tangent that I went on, but I feel like that's super relevant as well. Um, Gosh, it, it's actually it's it's inspiring in a way because I I like looking at it and I see a whole lot of chaos happening, but I mean like I was listening to, I don't remember what I was listening to yesterday or day before and they said that uh, the beginning of the universe was what it was chaos chaos yeah freaking when I was born there was a lot of chaos happening <laughs> you know there's there's chaos brings some beautiful, beautiful things. And it brings up everything that we have really. Mm -hmm. And um, chaos is chaos. also bringing a lot of this awareness and, and awareness of the core wounds on this bigger scale that you're talking about. Absolutely. Yeah. And just uh, to add what you were saying, chaos is the energy of creation, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it just all depends on what we do with it. Would Where you we say would you say that chaos is the energy of the feminine? <laughs> I almost want to claim that as an exciting thing, like the empowered feminine. Hell yes. Um, yeah. Because there's chaos and there's birthing and there's, you know, like nurturing and growing and. <sighs> but I guess I would hand over some of it to the masculine as well there could be um because war right war and protection and stuff like I that think, see but i see war as entirely the feminine part of the mask of the male body i think it's the chaotic part of the feminine chaos within the within the male does that make sense because we both have male the masculine and the feminine sides, like when my feminine is out, I'm needy, I'm this, I'm that. I don't know where, where the how the terms ever, or feelings or whatever they are got put into a feminine or masculine um, dynamic. But um, if I look at the charts, and when I my feminine is out of kilter, I'm chaotic. You know, I'm causing a lot of things. I'm causing, basically, I'm causing war around me. <clears throat> when my masculine is out, I'm always, like, trying really hard to fix everything. You know, a lot of things like that, and I'm insecure, and I'm, or not confident, and um, I don't know, there's a whole list anyway. But when I'm really healthy in my masculine, I'm super present. 
and I can be super present with anything. So, and I, sometimes I see the healthy feminine as being super creative with that same chaotic energy. Yeah, that's why I love it so much. That's why it doesn't feel like even a bad thing, though, you know, chaos can be such a scary thing of like tearing down, but tearing down to rebuild anew. Um, and this really gets into divine masculine, divine feminine versus wounded masculine, wounded feminine, right? Because there's all of that and there's all of that in each of us, right? So it's a, it's an energy, it's an archetype, not like a gender thing, obviously. Um mm -hmm. And so the divine masculine is most definitely about like protection and order and um, loyalty and like almost nobility, right? Um, mm -hmm. I think of, you know, divine masculine as like the good king um, and then divine feminine as the good queen versus the wounded prince, right? Versus the wounded princess. Um, so yeah, there's... There's lots that we could delve into there, but I think there's a lot of distinction and pulling apart to do in terms of which part, which aspects of those parts of ourselves that are surfacing, whether they are the wounded aspect or the divine aspect of the masculine or feminine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you're taking, you're taking it, right? You're empowering yourself with the chaos, with that energy. Oh yeah. I, I'll take it too. <laughs> <laughs> right. What else are we going to do? <laughs> I don't think there's anything that's uh, bad in the world. And there, there's not, you know, when we look at things like bad and good, I don't think that really exists. Um, I think it, it's a, it's just bullshit. It's just a belief system that we have that's creating some sort of um, uh, resistance on one side or another. Um, and I do believe that we have preference and we have boundaries that we can create to keep ourselves a bit safer. Um, but I also think I have boundaries that I like to push so that I can maybe move out of something that maybe there's boundaries holding my wound tight, you know? Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's a really smart thought too. Um, I like to try to use definitions for like boundaries as in protection and support of ourselves and our well-being and then when you say push boundaries I almost think like push edges right move yeah. edges expand edges um and I guess it's just a semantics thing a definition mm -hmm. thing right um yeah. when we push boundaries it's not necessarily like um a violating thing it's a conscious thing right it's, it's an expanding of our borders, right? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, no, that's a really good thought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what's the last edge or boundary you've been allowing yourself to uh, modulate or move? Oh man, okay, so it comes up immediately and it doesn't seem like when I say it, it may not seem like such a big thing, but when it's our own experience and it's our inner world stuff, it's massive and monumental. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Are you making an excuse? No. Okay. For what? <laughs> what are you For what to you're about to say. It's like, it's like you're like making it look pretty before you expose it. No, what I'm trying to say is that it's going to come out as boring, but it's not right. It's, it's, it's big. Um, so the biggest thing for me is self-trust, right? That is one of the 
biggest things that I've had to break through because I have been just taught with this life that I've been living and the paradigm that I was living in, not to trust myself, that I not to trust my intelligence, my intuition, my, any abilities, my skills. Right. And so this, you know, um, sort of era of my life has been really leaning into that. And that what I'm trying to say is that it's my own personal edge. So if I say it out loud, it's not like this big epic thing that I'm doing, um, or it may not seem that way, but it, it is, <laughs> um, mm -hmm. it's my own personal edge that I'm pushing, right? It's my own personal wound that I am bringing healing to, because when you don't trust yourself, you don't go very far with things. You just stay in your own little corner of the world and you kind of rock back and forth and just wait for it all to be over. Right. You, mm -hmm. Amen. you, yeah, right. And you put your power in the hands of everything but yourself, right? And you live a life where, you know, life hands you cards and then you play what you've got and that's it, right? Rather than um, honing in on your power and taking control of what you have control over and creating, using your creative abilities to all oh, build such a much more beautiful and aligned with your soul life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was said amazingly. It's, it's, I don't know if um, I could see that as a small thing or because, I mean, I go through that too. I mean, this whole podcast from the beginning is, you know, there's, there's some self-worth or, or, you know, there's a lot of things wound up in it. Um, I just today I did um, a live hypnosis session and I decided to not write anything down or do anything, no practicing. I did a meditation in the morning and some ideas came through for the hypnosis. And then I sat down with all these people that signed in and paid money for this thing. And I just flowed. I just arrived there with fresh ideas coming in the mind. Mm -hmm. And it was amazing. And it was definitely an edge for me. But it was uh it was pretty cool and people were pretty happy with it um which yeah, is always good. Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah you were trusting your abilities and you know divine whatever you believe in right divinity to flow through you and bring them exactly what they needed in that moment without having to get in your head about it and you know structure it and plan it and um yeah that takes a a lot of trust in self and um, trust in your ability to get into that state of relaxation to just let it happen. Mm -hmm. It's big yeah. stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, huge. Yeah, huge. And then I saw, oh, I saw somebody on Facebook asking about erotic hypnosis. <laughs> I was like, oh, I should look into that. And I couldn't find anything that was any good. So I was like, eh, maybe it's percolating. Maybe I'll start doing some erotic hypnosis. And put that out there for people. Well, that sounds like your jam, right? Yeah, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, somebody's <laughs> got to do it. <laughs> I'm doing other things that people aren't doing. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. Yes, yes. The unconventional. Um, I love that about uh, the way you presented Expansion Cast about working in the unconventional and helping people find, you know, like unconventional ways to. Um, to either heal or, you know, um, do what they want yeah. with their lives. But yeah. Mm -hmm. Unconventional solutions to conventional problems. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Mm -hmm. I'm all about the unconventional. 
I know that's why I asked you to be here. <laughs> I love that you saw that in me. Thank you for seeing that. <laughs> You're welcome. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of this stuff that we're talking about seems to be coming fairly common. I mean, and quickly, like the core wound stuff, like. I don't know, maybe it's just me and my lack of awareness, but like two years ago, I had no idea what a court wound was that didn't even existed. Um, you know, I just felt like I was in this murky, like really dirty fishbowl, because we we're talking about fish. So I'm in this really dirty fishbowl that somebody hasn't changed for years. And all of a sudden, now somebody, I think somebody put a filter in and has been cleaning it. And now I'm becoming more aware of my surroundings <laughs> and I'm breathing clean, better. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden I notice that there's this glass in front of me too. And mm -hmm. there's these other beings outside of my space. And yeah, mm -hmm. so many things happening just yeah. within the last couple of years. Yeah. Things are happening really quickly. People are I don't like even the words wake up and woke anymore because <laughs> it's such like a buzzword yucky kind of thing. But um, yeah, no, that's an amazing analogy. And I totally hear what you're saying. Um, people are becoming aware more rapidly at a more rapid rate right now, which is really beautiful. And also, you know, kind of uh, edgy, kind of scary too, because a lot of people are becoming aware of things and not really knowing how to process and handle it. And I think that's why, honestly, a lot of coaches and, you know, mentors are really popping up in the world, um, especially right now. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And processing well, all of it. What, hey, so what do you think about plastic coaches? Have you heard of that term before? Plastic coaches? Gosh, um, I don't think I've heard that exact term. Uh, do you want to elaborate? Me either. Oh, to make it up. I've never heard. I've, I've heard of plastic shamans. Um, so unoriginal shamans that are don't have any lineage in the shamanist um, uh, villages or whatever. So yeah. a plastic coach would be somebody who um, is just doing maybe coaching to make money and not actually diving into the coaching work itself their selves and 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 experiencing transformation while doing the work i don't know but maybe let's play with it oh my god yes <laughs> oh my god yes so i know exactly what you're talking about like manufactured coaches like commodity coaches um yeah, yeah, people yeah. who don't have the best intentions right people who are looking to leverage this because they see it as um something that is truly in demand right now and very well needed in the world but also coming in with the intention of exploiting people, which is, oh gosh, a whole new conversation on its own and a really important one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, I think we actually have time if you wanted. We got about 10 minutes left and we could talk about that unless you have something big pressing. Um, Sparrow Race is, we are all wounded healers. I don't think people who don't have the right intentions won't be able to hack it. Hang on one second. Yeah. I want to see if I can grab this. I can't remember exactly what it said, but it was like uh, sort of like an inner revelation. So I read something this morning that um, I don't like to, you know, put, you know, I don't like labels, but um, it said that we are all either wounded healers or unhealed wounders. <laughs> and I was like, whoa. Um, healed wounders. Unhealed wounders. Mm -hmm. Unhealed wounders. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, My mind won't even process that. It won't even <laughs> process that. Gosh, so it's either people who are um, wounded healers, right? People who have uh, become aware of their wounds and sought them and help other people to heal them and then right. unhealed wounders are people who have uh wounds often that they're unaware of and they project it out and uh do harm to other people oh that's very yeah. present in my life right now a huge dichotomy that um I'm, I'm looking at at the surface and forefront of my life right now so that just was like almost like a mini paradigm shift as it was to see that this morning but yeah it was seemed relevant to the comment there do you want to reread the comment well, she corrected it a little bit. She says, we are all wounded healers. I don't think people who don't have the right intentions will be able to hack it. Oh, <laughs> oh, that is true, too. So they can do some damage in their wake before they go, but um, they tend to not last very long, which is um, a good thing, right? Um, there's an they're being exposed real fast. <laughs> um, mm. You can smell them almost at this point, right? You can smell their intentions and um, versus somebody who has um, pure intentions for genuinely helping people mm -hmm. versus somebody mm. who wants to exploit and leverage and just, you know, make bank off of it. Right. <laughs> and do you think that it's pretty obvious on what level they're working at? What you know, the difference between a coach that has some integrity and is working on a depth that maybe most people aren't aware of. And then there's the coach that isn't even not aware of, is not aware of that depth. Absolutely. Yes. Um, that can be sensed by people who I guess have that awareness, but unfortunately there are so many people out there looking for help and they, they can't see the difference yet. And that's, um, that's a concern in the world right now. But then it's all perfect as it is, isn't it? We have to trust that it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's so much uh, toxic mentorship. Um, that's a big um, sort of topic coming up and circulating in the coaching realm right now, toxic mentorship. Mm -hmm. And so many of my colleagues and um, mentors of my own have experienced this. And um, yeah, it's yeah it's not something um it's all uh, material to be used right so it's not something so damaging that there's not go no going back like you said it's all kind of perfect um as it is uh, we learn it's part of how we learn right so mm -hmm. it's part of the process and the shifting mm -hmm. awesome awesome so any last words before we leave for the night? Last words. Oh, gosh. Um, no pressure or anything, right? Really just no, top no, off no. the book. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, just that I'm super grateful to be here. I think this was uh, just like um, super divine. And I appreciate that you saw the unconventionality, unconventionality <laughs> in me. <laughs> and uh, sensed my integrity as well that means a whole lot and uh trusted me with your audience to bring my message to them as well that means a whole lot and thank you so much for having me and i i'm so grateful for it mm -hmm. thank you for being here mm. this podcast is expansion cast thank you for listening